up, faders? Welcome to yet another action-packed episode of Got Fit in Japan. I am your host, Johnny. And on this very special episode, episode number 433, we have a guest. And this guest is a very interesting guest because I've known him since I lived in San Francisco, which was about 20 years ago. And he's one of the very few people that I knew who went to Japan before me. That was not Japanese, who went there, who experienced life in like the 1990s, came back to San Francisco and then told everybody what the fuck was up about Japan and inspired a whole generation of faders to move to Japan. Actually, there's like five of us that came out. (laughs) (laughs) Sean, welcome to the show. Nice to be here, man. Mm. I remember the first time I met you, we were talking about Japan, and uh, you used to live in Kyoto, and you're talking about life in Kyoto and stuff, and it really inspired me, because at that time, a lot of my friends were Japanese, and I was deep in like the Japanese like DJ community, and actually, I think at that time, I was organizing the Melting Pop parties, which were American and Japanese DJ parties and stuff, where we had one room that was hip-hop, and another room that was uh, drum and bass, and um, yeah, you knew all my friends, because you went to Japan, you spoke Japanese a bit and stuff, you know, and you came back, and you're like... Dude, Johnny, you've never been to Japan, but all your friends are Japanese. You got to go out there. And I was like, yeah, but it's so expensive. You're like, oh, it can be, but it doesn't have to be. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, basically I, I came to Japan with my girlfriend at the time. And then after that, I was like, man, I fucking love Japan. Japan's the best country. And now I got a podcast called Guffy to Japan called, what? well, our tagline is Two dudes booze Japan in the news, but you're not a drinker, so out of respect to you, we're drinking coffee. Nice. Thank you very much. Here, I guess cheers with our coffee cups. That's there you go. It's very unusual for me to be sober and doing this show. It's weird. Oh, shit. There's a first time for everything. Melting mm-hmm. um, pot parties. Yeah, I remember that. That was a great uh, setup there in San Francisco with the Japanese and American uh, customers and DJs. That's also where I met my uh, ex-girlfriend. Was that one of these, I think uh, a lot of people parties? met their ex-girlfriends yeah. back then <laughs> at my parties. I think a lot parties. of other people met that same exact girl at that party, yeah. Yeah, that sucks. Sorry about that. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me, by the way, but sorry that that happened to you. That's what I meant to say. It's all good. I misspoke, as Trump said. <laughs> I misspoke when I said this and that and everything in between. Yeah, remember um, that book that we used to read, the uh, Make a Million, which was one of the first gaijin books I ever read about modern Japan and how to make money there, even though it was written in the early 90s, maybe even the late 80s. I think it might have been the late 80s, because they, they didn't even 89. talk about cell phones. They're like, yeah. eventually we're going to have this thing called the internet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Chapter one. I think a couple people might have email addresses, only if you were at a university, though. But that was interesting. That was when people used to come to Japan and didn't want to stay here at all and actually weren't really weren't interested in Japanese culture at all. It was just a place to come, make a bunch of money, not spend it here, and take it back to your country, which is, I don't know, many people do that now because the English well, teaching okay. schools aren't quite the same as back then. People do that here now, but they're usually from Asian countries. Right. Instead of what, like uh, European or American or even South American countries. Right. And even the name of the book, Make a Mill Yen, of course, like a little pun on words, like a million yen, which would be like $100,000. So at the time he was doing that. No, was, a million is $10,000. Sorry, 10000 It was common to come here for six months to a year and then spend your time here and then go back home with 10000 I don't know if that would be possible nowadays, living in downtown Tokyo, leaving with 10 G's working at a, a English school. 
Not oh like no, I don't think that. so. But back then, when that book was written, that was during like the uh, the economic bubble of like the mm. late 1980s, early mm-hmm. 1990s, and stuff. Yeah. And at that time, I mean, people would just tip you fucking 50 bucks. Mm. You know, like oh, thank you for teaching me English. Here's 50 bucks. Now that's before my time in Japan. But I mean, those are the stories that I heard when I first came here. When I first came to Japan, the older people that are above me, like the people that have been here for like maybe 10 years before me, they're like, oh, you just came here. <laughs> the golden time is over, son. Right. And I was like, oh. Shit. And for me, it was the golden time. You know, I was like, well, this place is amazing. You know, now when newcomers come here, you're like, oh, you missed the golden time. Exactly. 2002 to 2015. You missed it. Sorry. Yeah. But for them, maybe they feel like it's the golden time. Exactly. It would be their golden time. I guess whatever is your in your mid 20s time is always going to be your golden time. Oh, that's that's really sad and depressing now. I think uh, I'm going to jump on my window, <laughs> <laughs> my two story window. <laughs> it's going to crash my neighbor's car. Yeah. Mm. But, um, yeah, so you're here now. <laughs> I'm here now. Um, yeah. Man, I have known you for such a fucking long time. I a mean, long time, yeah. I mean, all right, Faders, this episode is going to be a little bit different than our other episodes. It's just going to be me and Sean bullshitting, you know? We don't have, like, a theme, you know? We're just hanging out and we're like, let's do a podcast. Fucking why not? So, yeah, let's just bullshit. Yeah. Totally. So, goddamn, dude, I've known you since 1997. You can scratch on top of this kind of music? Obviously so, because this kid's doing it, and he's doing it well. He was the only and maybe first DJ I ever met who could scratch so well and mix drum and bass like it was hip-hop. Like, no one was doing that. Well, no, his no roots were hip-hop. Kind of, yeah. And no one had those kind of DJ uh, turntableism skills that was a drum and bass DJ. They were more just like your classic uh, mix, you know, crossfader mix guys. So, yeah. Man, Tucker who used to have fairly cheap rent close to Hate Street, which doesn't exist anymore for sure. Wait, are you saying you can't have an apartment for $400 a month in downtown San Francisco or next to Haight-Ashbury? Well, I think his rent was uh, $800 a month, which was which was a pretty good deal. Like nowadays, I think that, that same apartment is like four, five, six thousand. 6000 So, Shit, man. I haven't lived in San Francisco in a long time. Remember my place on Bush and Leavenworth? It was on yeah. the top floor on the sixth floor. Oh, that's got to be really... I paid. Now. I paid with me and my roommate at the time. We paid eight hundred and forty dollars a month. You split it. Of course, we split it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So. So it's like four hundred and forty dollars. That's what I was thinking. Four hundred dollars for Taka, because that's how much I was paying for my apartment. But mm-hmm. yeah, that the same apartment. How much do you think it would cost right now, per month? It's got to be at absolute least three thousand eight hundred. But probably 3, more. 3000 Probably more. Wow. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That it, is a lot of money. Because that's not a, it's not a sort of a seedy neighborhood anymore. It's like a full on, well, you know, It wasn't cupcake. that seedy. It, it wasn't was too bad. It was tender knob. It was just above the tenderloin, right below the knob. Right. Right, <laughs> right between Knob Hill. Yeah. But yeah, nowhere near as many, um, you know, addicts and street people nowadays. Um, very much fancy, like cupcake stores and Japanese ramen stores even. It's un- unreal. A cupcake store, yeah, in San Francisco. I, yeah. I think that's more of like a Castro or. I know it's such a weird. And not build a thing. cupcake. There's, ugh, that's so weird. Yeah. 
Oh, man. That's what the city needed was fancy white people cupcakes. You know that. Oh, Jesus. That's terrible. That's ter- San Francisco, you broke my heart. <laughs> it is strange, though, that in the time that we've known each other and then you've come out here, San Francisco was cheap. You were paying 400 I was paying about 400 Like, if I ever had to pay 600 a month, but, I was but, dying to... I was like, no, all my money is gone. But $400 for me at that time was a lot of money. Yeah, no, it, it really was. I was, I was. I was struggling to even actually pay that 400 many months. Mm. But to look back at it now, it's strange that in that same time, San Francisco became more expensive than even Tokyo. Like, if you had 3500 a month, you got a pretty nice pad around downtown even, around here, right? Holy shit, $3,000 for an apartment? Yeah. Dude, you would have a really nice apartment right. pretty much anywhere right. in Tokyo. Seriously, you could live in fucking probably Azabu Juban for mm-hmm. $3,000. No, mm-hmm. you definitely could. You definitely could. I don't know how new the building would be. Because as we were talking about earlier regarding apartment buildings, every 50 years, they, they, they tear down your building. That's why it's ridiculous to buy a condominium in Japan because... <laughs> you, you you pay all that money for something that's not going to be there forever, you know? What happens when you do buy that and they just tear it down? They re- I, they give you money back? I have something? no idea how it works. That's so strange. I have no idea, but I've got a couple of foreigner friends that bought like apartments and shit and like older buildings and they paid not, well, they paid a lot of money, but not as much money as you think they would pay. And it's just like, yo, um, dude, they're going to tear that building down in maybe 20 years. You know, no. so your kid, then they'll have kids. That's why they buy fucking apartments and shit. Mm-hmm. But their kids, when their kid is like 20 years old, you know, then they got to fucking move. You know, then again, oh. in Japan, kids live with their parents until they're like 30. So Taka lived with his mom until he was like, like what, 34, 34 35 or something. Yeah. Then he got married. That's pretty common in Asia in general. But yeah, in Japan, especially too. Um, yeah, that's what's crazy is that San Francisco is so much bizarrely expensive than Tokyo. Food, electricity bill, water bill, rent absolutely everything it's actually way cheaper bizarrely to live in tokyo now which when we first started hanging out it was way expensive in tokyo it seemed a lot really expensive because of course rent would have been like maybe 800 and we would have been like wow that's double Mm -hmm. food and all that stuff would have been maybe considerably more um and it would be harder to make money but now i think it's kind of switched the tide with Mm -hmm. uh, tokyo becoming a little bit more international and it's a lot that. more international. Yeah, it's, it's way. International. It's so much easier to find a place. There's so many gaijin houses here where you can find like an apartment that's maybe six mat. Oh, what's, what's six mat? What's the size of this room? In tatamis. Well, I know this is about a six mat room, but I, oh, what six, is this six regarding six like meters? Like what? Three, four <laughs> meters square, four square meters. Meters. You should say it in feet for the Americans, right? No. Fuck, dude, you know how long it's been since I've thought that it's way? I'm like, like, oh, I mean, dude, nine, I'm thinking in centimeters now, dude. I'm at that point. Nine feet by seven feet? I don't know. I, you know, like I would say, let's just say 10 feet by 10 feet. Yeah. All right, so 10 feet by 10 feet. This is right here is like the average size of like an apartment for a gaijin, for a gaijin house, mm. right? And those places cost anywhere from, uh, a reasonable one would be about uh, $600, and they go up from there. But $600 is the average, and that covers electricity, internet, uh, water, pretty much everything. Yeah. Everything except for your cell phone bill. And Airbnb, of course, had a big impact because that was a per- actually as much as it, people hate it and it ruined San Francisco and other places. Uh, it was great for Tokyo because a lot of people had a second apartment here for a long time. It was just empty. Like, oh, I have a second apartment. And there's just like a, maybe one million empty apartments in the Kanto area, which is a lot 
Uh, that's like the entire population of other cities of empty Dude, there's, apartments. There's empty buildings here. Yeah. Dude, right around this place, there's this Nakamegro. Right over there, there's an apartment building that's like the size of a small little, <laughs> a small little factory. Right. It could probably fit maybe maybe two or three hundred people. It's been abandoned since I came here. Wow. Do you want to go there later? It's like this, like almost like it's a just scary. Open? It's just like a. Well, they got this fence, but you can go over it and shit like that. It's like this, oh. like haunted little, like industrial area and shit. Right there, right there. So they're waiting to maybe tear it down. Well, I, hope get, I hope they, I hope they turn it into a Starbucks. <laughs> huh. But they got that there, and right around this building here, there's like this house that looks like it's from like the 1920s, like a Japanese 1920s house. Mm-hmm. It's all wood. It's got the really cool little roof and stuff. Completely empty. There's so many empty houses, you know. And mm-hmm. if you go up north, didn't you? Gata, where my wife is from, there's abandoned cities, pretty much. Well, not cities, villages, villages, villages. Because it's just like, you know, there's no money up there, so people just move to Tokyo and so on. And then, let's not even get into Fukushima, because we know there's abandoned cities over there, too. Yeah. Actually, quite a few. Yeah, scary, too. So, But there's no Airbnb here in Japan anymore. I mean, there is... But they they regulated they regulated the shit out of it. Oh, where it means changed it now. You have to own the building, and then you have to get permission from the government to have like an Airbnb. I think that's a rule. Don't quote me on it. But some people are still maybe skirting that law a little bit. It's I don't hard know. To Im- they I don't really to- enforce laws all too well in Japan. No matter even if they're quite strict, sometimes they're not so great at enforcing them. You know, because kind of a blind eye thing, and also I don't know what regulatory body would would look after that, that the police or local government? I don't know. I have no idea how it works. Last, last time I was here in the summer, or sorry, last year when I was here in the summer, I was staying in Hachioji, just, uh, which is about 30 minutes west of Tokyo on a, on a train. Mm-hmm. And I was, air, I was looking at Airbnb there. It was unbelievable. It's like $14 a day. Are you serious? $14 yeah. a day? So extremely They cheap. really just didn't want to make station. money. Yeah. <laughs> There's like, I, I just want cash for my laundry. I just well, want to pay you know, like my laundry bill. It's like people who have all. these two apartments and like, you know, they live in one and maybe their girlfriend used to live in the other one and they moved in, whatever. There's a lot of different circumstances, but I couldn't believe when you look at the Airbnb map and then go to the left to Hachioji, West Tokyo, look at the prices. It's unreal. So if you could stay, if you don't mind taking a half hour train, which is no big deal for Tokyo, you could come here and visit and like really spend $200 for like weeks of... Uh, Living in a you know regular Japanese person apartment. I wonder if it's still and like just that. Just take the train to Tokyo. No, I mean that makes sense. Yeah. I mean definitely. Do. I mean the hotels here are a joke. They're so fucking no, expensive. They're so expensive. Yeah, my sister when she came on here with her friend and stuff, they were kind of thinking of getting a hotel. But then I mean I told them I was like, you can stay here. It's totally cool, of course. So they decided to. But then they did check into hotels, of course. You know, right. just in case. You know, me and my sister had one of our epic battles. <laughs> so I mean, my sister told me. I mean, for them to stay here, I saved them thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah, hotels in Tokyo are fucking absolutely like ridiculous. Two hundred and fifty bucks a night for a really lame tiny room right or even i don't know i've never checked but i mean that's what i've been told I think that's what it looked like recently so ironically it's cheaper to stay at a love hotel but then it might be awkward to stay at a you know sex hotel with your friend or your mom or you know that just may not even be they might even not allow it you know well, I, mean, I don't know if they're going to check if that's your mom. <laughs> like, wouldn't that be weird? Like, you know what? You guys look a little too similar. <laughs> I guess IDs, come on. IDs, you know, give me some. I think they used to be maybe a bit strict. Like, oh, it must be a man and a woman coming in here together uh, to make sure you're cheating on your wife with the right kind of person. But um, 
I think nowadays, yeah, you could go walk in two dudes together, which I think 10 years ago, you know, some gaijin guys wanted to just have a cheap night and stay in Shibuya, and it was awkward, you know, you'd walk into the love hotel together, two guys. And it's like be, condoms everywhere. And they'd kind of be like, no, I don't know, you can't. They would just not give you the key. Whereas I think now, because of the way society's changed and stuff, you could stay there with your boy, you know, you're with your friend, and uh, pretend that you're gay, and then they'd let you in. But the thing is, though, all right, <laughs> even if you stay at a love hotel for like one day, that means you got to walk around with your luggage. Yeah. Or you got to put it in a locker at a station. Yeah. yeah. Which is iffy sometimes. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, it, there's ways to stay in Tokyo on the cheap. I mean, if you can find an Airbnb, then again, I'm sure if there's Airbnb, there's got to be so many other like kind of like sister sites or sites are similar to right. it. You know, they have like a different name or something. Like, yeah. Tokyo stay on the cheap.com or something. I don't know. There's got to be something with that you can find or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. I've got my own place. Definitely a lot easier to, <laughs> took to, me a while, though. to come here than in the early thousands when you came here. Then it was it was a bit more expensive. It was hard for gaijins to rent places. There was no Airbnb. Oh, still there, there weren't as many gaijin houses. Like all that stuff. Now there's like some really nice spots. Oh yeah, now it's it's so much easier now. So much easier now because of the internet. It's just mm. God is. So easy. Before you'd have to go to a real estate agent, then they'd give you a book, and then you know you have to look for the the pa- the pages that didn't have a stamp on it that said like no foreigners. Yeah. So you're like, oh nope 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 <laughs> nope nope. Uh, this one's okay, but wow, I don't want to live in Kabukicho. Next 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 yeah, the next ones next that were next. Like, <laughs> Gaijin Daijobu, the foreigners are allowed. They would always be in the shadier places and be small. Or be like a suicide house, or somebody committed suicide, suicide in there before. And I've discussed that on the show before, too. But, yeah, now it's, it's so much easier and it's cheaper and stuff. And, I mean, that's that's a no-brainer. It's really easy to come here now. You know, when I first in, moved into my first little apartment in Hachioji, it was one of those old busted houses, like you're saying, f- about 50 years, they tear it down. I think this thing's, like, 48 years old. So it's, right. like, two years they're going to tear it down. But the place now or the first time coming here? The first spot I had rent in. So it was, like, yen a month, 200 bucks a month for rent. Oh, yeah, I, dude. It was really old. Did you of, have hot water? No, no hot water, but it had the You had a lot of cockroaches. Gas, had the, ga- the gas heater. <laughs> yeah, of course, this is like cockroach central because there's no real ceiling on the, uh, it's not sealed, the house, right? So they can uh-huh. just, insects could walk in and out. But then I came into the uh, back room. It's kind of a two-bedroom, a two-room. One's the bedroom. One was kind of the living room. That's and not I, bad for 200 bucks. No, but I came into the living room, though. It was a and dead body. I looked at the tatami, and there was... There was the Blood two, stain? No, there was... <laughs> I wish there was two tatamis missing, which means that's where the person died, and they took the tatamis out. No, that's, that's where the body was, and all the body liquids. So came wait, somebody out did die there. Yeah, someone did die there, but it wasn't. Oh, shit. It wasn't suicide. It was an old man who died by himself. It's kind of tragic, but um, officially, I had the fucking scariest room ever. It was just like family portraits on the wall, but the portraits of the grandparents and parents weren't there anymore. It was just the outline of like dust and smoke from over the years. So there's these white spaces and squares on the wall where the family used to look and when Japanese people come into that they saw that room so terrified so scared because they're very superstitious and nobody likes uh, a room where someone died in before but I didn't really care I didn't sleep in there so it was kind of just like my storage room but um, yeah well, just think, if the guy came back as a ghost, maybe it's like the really nice old guy that lives down the street. You're like, oh, welcome forward to, yeah. you know, maybe he's like a cool ghost, you well, know? that's what I was Casper thinking. Casper was cool. Yeah. Casper's I mean, a nice ghost. Why do we, why does every fucking ghost story have to be of like a scary, evil, pissed off ghost, you know? Why can't we have like the good ghost that likes to gamble and like, you know, check out girls and stuff, you know? Yeah, the friendly ghosts. Um, yeah. 
Kind of like the Ghost of Christmas Past or something like that, yeah. More uh, inspirational ghost. Yeah, not the Ghost of Christmas Future. Oh, speaking of, I guess it's Christmas today. Oh, it's Christmas, huh? Yeah, Merry Christmas. We had our Christmas uh, show the other day. Yeah, that was fun. Oh, I'm still hungover. (laughs) From the Christmas show? (laughs) Oh, God, we drank so much. Oh, God, Tom showed up with fucking two bags full of fucking cider and beer and stuff. And we, we drank them all throughout the show. I had a bottle of vodka. Oh, God, it was it was absolutely insane. Good times! But you don't drink, so you don't have to worry yeah, about that. I can't that. believe you can get up in the morning after those uh, those sessions. I can't believe my liver can get up in the morning after those sessions. Mm. I can, no problem. My liver, you know, that's the one I got uh, a little bit of concern for. But, um, no, I'm fine. I don't know. But when I first knew you, I didn't really drink all that much. I mean, I drank yeah. sometimes at clubs and stuff, you know. Yeah. I was more of a rum coke kind of guy, you know. Mm-hmm. But then when it came to Japan and shit. See, the thing is, I didn't drink so much in the States. But when it came to Japan, everybody here drinks for any kind of occasion. Mm. You're going to meet a friend. Where are you going to go? You're going to go to a bar or izakaya. You're going to go meet another friend. You're going to go to either izakaya, bar, and then you're going to go to karaoke. You meet another friend or a couple of friends or coworkers or colleagues or clients. Guess what you're going to do? Same thing or maybe even a nightclub or some shit. Booze is always incorporated into the social fabric of Japan. There's mm. no avoiding it. But the thing is, though, now, like, the beer is so much better than it was. Mm. You know, when I first came here, it's just Asahi, Kid, and Sapporo. And it still is. It still is the top five. But now we have a little, more of a variety of uh, more interesting beers. Like imports and the microbrews from the States and Europe and stuff like that. Oh, no, that. Japan's making their own microbrews. Oh, so they jumped yeah. on that. Yeah. So, yeah, but I think when you first came, it was mostly those malt liquor, actually. That beer was kind of malt liquor, which in the States we call 40s. And that was like very much associated <laughs> with people just drinking on the side you of the road. You obviously don't drink. No, it wasn't malt liquor. It's just, you know, lager. Uh, lager, standard lagers. And they all taste pretty much about the same. They're a little different. Awesome. They're a little different. But yeah, but now, I mean, shit, dude, you can get good beer anywhere. Well, not anywhere, but you can get... Good beer, fairly easy in Japan now, it's especially kind of, Tokyo. It's kind of recent, huh? The good beer thing. Yeah, within the last like five or six years, six it's years, everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think the first time I saw a craft beer at a convenience store, it was Yona Yona Ale. And it was like, I think it's from, oh God, where's it from? Ugh, it's not from Kanagawa or Kagawa. Anyway, it's from outside of Tokyo and shit. And uh, when I bought that and I drank it, I was just like, holy shit. It's only a matter of time before there's a lot of this shit. What did and it taste like? What did it remind you of? It's just nail. It kind of reminded me of a late of a light Anchor Steam. Oh. It's like a light Anchor Steam, but it didn't have the kick that an Anchor Steam has. Oh. An Anchor Steam doesn't have that much kick to it, but it was along the lines of Anchor Steam, I guess. Huh. Do I want more coffee? There's a pot right there. Yeah, sure. Mmm. Caffeine. Oh, sweet. you? Danke, Shane. How's your German? Oh, my German is still fully fully going on. I just wish I could speak Japanese as well as German, then uh, my life would be a little bit easier. Because I couldn't even understand, for example, my landlady the other day is trying to ask me for, a, you know, rent, Massage. money, plus <laughs> uh, bills, and I just couldn't understand what she was saying at all. You mean all. didn't want to understand... <laughs> No, I was trying. I mean, the thing is, I understand numbers. You know, I understand any any amount of yen in numbers, but she wasn't talking about that. She was like, well, for now, pay this, and then later pay that, and pay two-thirds. And I was like, oh, man. So I really sucked to not be able to speak fairly decent Japanese right then. But most of the time, a lot of my close friends speak really good Japanese, so they translate everything for me, which makes it way lazier to learn, you know? Oh, yeah, that's the problem about living in Tokyo. If you come to Japan and stuff, 
it's actually better to live in, I don't know, by Mount Fuji or something. Oh, for, Niigata. For, for learning uh, the language. Yeah, if you really want to speak Japanese, don't move to Tokyo or Osaka. Because if you do, you just realize, I mean, you can get very far by knowing a very little amount of Japanese. And then after that, you get lazy. Yeah. And then you realize... Fuck, dude, if I go to school, it costs me so much money. I could save that money and do this and that or the other thing or whatever. So, yeah, if you really want to learn the language, the best thing to do is just start off in the countryside. Get that shit down and then come to Tokyo. Yeah, that yeah. is the best way. And, of course, being here, because Japanese culture is so different, even for all those kids nowadays that grew up with anime culture and Japanese culture on TV and, and Internet it is so different. You will feel homesick and you will want to hang out with other people from your country, whether it's States, Canada, or, or Europe. So then you will make friends with those people because they're kind of similar to you. They came out here too. Then, of course, that will damage your Japanese speaking skills, speak, uh, learning skills, because you'll be speaking English a lot and you'll, you'll prob- probably make some good you know, foreigner friends out here. So trying to avoid other white people is like a pretty important thing sometimes just for your language skill, you know? It's not like you're trying to hate on people. It's that, you know, if you're surrounded by Japanese people who can only speak Japanese, that's definitely the way to get forward in language. And get forward in friendship. I mean, foreign people here yeah. only stay two years in a maximum. Uh, on the oh. average, not maximum. I take that back. Right, average. I think four years is pushing it. Right? That's kind of long. You know? Dude, I, people come to me and shit, and I talk to them. They're like, man, I've been here so long. Three and a half years, man. Three and a half years, yeah. dude. I've seen it all, man. And I'm like, uh, yeah, three and a half years is pretty long, man. <laughs> You've been here for like 16 years, right? 16 years. Yeah, I came here in 2002, man. 16 years. Wow. Almost almost 17 now, huh? I know. Isn't that crazy? Uh, that's crazy. So who's the president now in the States? What's going on over there? <laughs> oh, the orange Cheeto. Oh, yeah. shit. Cheeto. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. I had no idea. Mm. So weird doing this show sober. Huh. How's that doing with a lot of extra coffee and less I don't beer? know. I'm drinking my coffee as if it was beer, dude. I'm just kind of chugging it. Mm. So weird. Actually, after this, I think I have to get a beer. I don't know why I'm not drinking the alcohol right now and doing this show. This is absolutely ridiculous. Right. What's <laughs> Christmas Day without a beer in your hand? It seems wrong. You what is a, going on in this place? Seasonal <laughs> ale or something, huh? Mm. Oh, we can call Tom, like uh, the old co-host who lives on the street. Oh, yeah. He sent me an email being like, ho, 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 let's get a beer. So I was like, fuck, maybe I should call Tom and get a beer later. I mean, shit, I don't have anything to do today except for hang out with you. Yeah. So why are you in Japan on Christmas? Oh, because I couldn't get a flight back. See, when you said that, I thought that was because you're going to Ireland and you couldn't get a flight to uh, Gatwick because uh, Gatwick's on lockdown because of drones. Oh, that's right. But was it airport. a drone attack? <laughs> it wasn't really a drone attack. It was just some guy filming the airport, I think, and it crashed into one of the planes. Didn't damage the plane at all. But Did it? I, I thought it was just flying around. I, I didn't think that it crashed or anything. You know, they, they couldn't even find the mark where it hit the plane. They looked all over the Boeing after it landed, and they couldn't even find it. They just You think it was a bird? The pilot, Maybe it was a crow. <laughs> right? It's crazy. The pilot assumed they might have hit it. But imagine shutting down an international airport because a drone might have accidentally hit a plane that didn't even crash. Man, that's like hypersecurity. That's like too much. I think they're trying to do some drone legislation in England there, too, though. So Probably. That might be a little the thing. political, maybe. 
Well, you know, I don't, I don't think there should be drones anywhere near an airport. Yeah, you know, that do does I. seem pretty dangerous, right? You get an airport, you get an airplane right. with like what four hundred people on it. If that gets hit, like in the if, like, if a drone goes through the engine or something yeah. or hits the windshield of the cockpit, p- cockpit, that airplane is going to go down, dude. It's and fucking true. there you go, four hundred people fucking in smoke because some shithead wanted to fucking film an airplane. Yeah, because even a small bird can can down a. A jet engine, so... Don't say that to me. I'm a paranoid. I know. And Tokyo airport's got really bad problems with uh, bird collisions. It's the worst in the world. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, thanks for telling me. <laughs> All mean, right. I'm not, not even... Hey, honey, cancel our trip next week. At... No, I'm joking. <laughs> I guess because Narita's kind of in the countryside and just there's a lot more wildlife. It's not in Tokyo, so Wait, there's a lot more all... birds flying around. I thought pretty I much know. all airports are kind of in the countryside. Well, they basically are, yeah. Right? I mean, you can't have an airport like in Manhattan, you know? I think Japan has a high population of birds? I don't know. But they had the most bird strikes of any airport. It's a very busy airport, though. So it I, is. I wonder. It's just so much more busy than other cities. Have you been in Narita or uh, Haneda? Yeah, I actually flew into Haneda this time. Haneda's nice. But I've only been going that route for like the last two years. Before that was always Narita, which is the classic Gaijin airport to enter Oh, yeah. The country. Well, it's like the international airport. Haneda used to be just completely domestic. Just completely recently, domestic. they opened it up for uh, international air travel. Yeah, yeah. And it was also just extremely expensive like to fly from Tokyo to Okinawa. used to be like $1,600, and you'd have to fly from Haneda, which is unreal. Oh, dude, going to going to Okinawa is sometimes a ridiculous suggestion because going to Okinawa is sometimes more expensive than going to Bangkok or Hong Kong or, Hawaii, or Guam yeah. or well, I don't know about Hawaii. Going to America is always really expensive, but it was so expensive to go to Okinawa that I never went there. I yeah, wanted to go there for too. like many years. I never. I was went. just like, fuck that, dude. I might as well go to the fucking France. Yeah, you know. Uh, but now it's now it's cheaper. I think. Oh bizarrely cheaper. I was looking at my friend's Instagram. He's like, oh, I'm in Okinawa. You know, he's from Tokyo. And then I was messenger. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, uh, that looks great. Uh, how much did it cost the flights? 80 bucks. Hasen. Oh, shit. 80 bucks now? Hasen yen. 8,000 yen. Fuck. But the thing Which is, when you go to Okinawa, you got to drive. Oh, right. Because there's not too much uh, trains. Yeah, not too many trains. Yeah, not too much. Oh, <laughs> I'm starting to speak Japanese shit, English. Shit, dude. You've not been here too, too long. Much, uh, train. See, that's what happens, Spaders. If you're here for a while, you start fucking up your linguistics. Yeah. Oh, man. Your your English skills might change. Especially if you start speaking more Japanese. Like, when I talk to my wife, it's mostly Japanese, right? And then the thing is, then when I talk to you or some of my foreign friends, I got to switch over to English. Or when I do a podcast, <laughs> I got to switch over to English, right? And so sometimes, you know, you're thinking of saying one thing, but then you, you automatically want to say the Japanese, mm. and then you got to kind of catch yourself and do the English, right? Because, like, for example, menokasai. Mm. Menokasai is, like, the best thing to say. Mendokasai, right? Mendokasai means pain in the dick. Pain in the ass, a motherfucker, right? So, for example, you want to have a barbecue, it starts raining, ah, mendokasai, right? It's like, the, it's, it even just, it flows like honey. Right, it's a nice right? word. Yeah, mendokasai, man. It's like the best phrase ever. So, sometimes when I want to say something like troublesome in the States, like, oh, it's really fucking, man, trouble, some. Yeah. That sounds like a fucking moron. Yeah, I do it with my some of my Japanese friends like uh, who speak okay English. I can speak to English to them on the phone, just get things done, but then it, it changes. I don't want to use too many words I don't know, so it's kind of like, you come my house now? Okay, coming, coming 15 minutes, and it just sounds weird to a come, third. Come, very happy, good, beer. Yeah. yeah. Peace. Just all the important words in there, uh, which is kind of great. It's like a pigeon English. It's, it's 
cut down. You don't have to use all this ridiculous, superfluous words. How come they didn't talk like that in the Flintstones? Huh. Because the Flintstones were like all cavemen, right? How come they didn't talk about that? I mean, from what I remember, I mean, Barney Rebel wasn't like the smartest knife in the uh, kitchen. But, I mean, Fred Flintstone either was kind of dull, too. I mean... That's true. And his wife sounded like she was from New Jersey. So, I mean, it does very specific American accents, too. She kind of sounded like uh, the wife on uh, The Sopranos, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, she had that Fred, where, where, where? <laughs> And then he sounded like he was from Chicago. It's just kind of weird. I don't know. Barney! Where's the cigarettes? You came over here with the beer, but you didn't bring the cigarettes. Well, I don't know, Fred. Yeah. Uh, it's more like Yogi Bear, I guess. That was I don't Yogi know. Is there more Yogi it's Bear? It's kind of a, a New York tri-state area uh, accent. So I guess in the future, I the only I people will be left are people from New Jersey. New they Jersey? They populate the world. Are they like cockroaches? Not just, to offend anybody listening from <laughs> New Jersey, we love you guys. No, they just have the strongest accent, so it prevailed over the centuries. I guess that's how the future works. No oh, shit. Well, we were talking about that before, too, but uh, I don't want to fucking talk about the pyramids anymore. I'm fucking burnt out on talking about the pyramids and the beginning of civilization. What do I know? I just watch fucking YouTube. <laughs> oh, did you guys do a podcast about it last time? No, but you and I were talking about it before oh, yeah, we did the yeah, podcast, yeah. so. Hey, yo, what's up, baiters? Johnny here. You know I love booze and news, but I also love art. So come on down to thespiltink.com and check my art out. I've got tons of stuff there for you to check out. And I've got paintings, I've got prints, I've got videos. And I tell you what, if you like a painting, I could probably sell it to you. And I tell you what, if I can't sell you that painting, I will definitely sell you a print. I've got prints of all my work. Prints are about 2,000 N each, about 20 bucks. But if you buy two, you get the third one for free. So come on down to thespiltink.com. Yo, and on top of that, I'm looking for commissioned work. So if there's something that you want me to do, I can make it for you. Just check out my stuff and see if you like my style. And if you like my style, I can definitely paint you anything on canvas, paper, whatever. I've done it all. So come on down to thespiltink.com. That is T-H-E-S-P-I-L-T-I-N-K.com. Thespiltink.com. Prepa. What's up, faders? Do you like our show? Of course you fucking do. That's why you're tuned in. But have you ever asked yourself if you could get more out of your got-faded experience? Well, now here's your chance because we are proud to announce our very own Patreon page. But don't freak out. Our podcast was and always will be free, but with your generous donations, we hope to improve it. And since we're all about fan appreciation, we've got the sweet, sweet rewards for our donors. Rewards include, but not limited to, shout-outs, bonus content for interviews and news stories, chances to appear on our show, and even gift packages sent direct to your door. For more information, check out our Patreon page. At oh, man. All right, so you've seen some weird shit in Japan. I mean... Whenever somebody comes to Japan, their eyes are more open, right? I've, mm. I've been here for so long, dude. My eyes, my, the only times my eyes are open when I'm reading the news. You know, I'm reading the news, I'm just like, oh, shit. No, actually, my eyes are open pretty wide. But what have you seen or experienced since you've been here that's been pretty fucking weird? Hmm. I guess I saw, like, my first bar fight ever, which I really had never seen in Japan or, to, or Tokyo anywhere. I've heard about them. A lot of the bar or club fights here are started by foreigners, yeah. which gives us a bad name. That's true. Australians, Brits, Americans, thanks guys, uh, have us banned from like a third of the club sometimes. But um, no, it was in Hachioji, which is a little bit outside of Tokyo, but I mean, it may as well have happened in Tokyo, I guess. And these guys came into the club, they were all buffed up with tattoos and everything and started just beat down on this 
crew of DJs and rappers, and they were really beating them up. I mean, the guy started to grab a bottle, smash it over the dude's head. Wow, you saw this. Yeah, it was uh, it was unbelievable. I've never seen it on video. I've heard stories of other people's... Um, yeah, we've got some of those videos on our uh, on our Facebook page. But they weren't really the classic, uh, you know, traditional uh, organized crime. They were just like young, kind of cool tattoo guys. So it was really strange. Wait, wait, wait. Japanese guys versus Japanese guys? Yeah, yeah. Japanese versus oh. Japanese, which is... I thought for a second, when you said like the dudes that were buff that had tattoos, I thought, my, I immediately went Bought to corners. military. Oh, military guys, yeah. I was like, oh shit, these Marines are pissed off at some DJ. And DJs are usually not really buff. You know, they're st- they stay inside, right. they listen to music, you know. Yeah, no, I've heard a lot of stories of uh, foreigner fights over the years. That's happened a lot, which is why they... they there was did... a big one over at Nakamegro Station. Oh, really? Yeah, one guy, one Australian guy tried to fight six cops when he was fucked up. It, we get the video on the Facebook page. If you go to the Facebook page, you scroll down long enough and shit, you'll find it. Yeah, they, they put wow. him in some kind of a judo hold, and it really hurt him. He started oh, screaming. like a Starbucks or something, Yeah, right? he started screaming, Mommy! Mommy! But he Mommy! Was, I've done videos like, he was really <laughs> He sounded like Glenn Denzig, dude. He's like, Mommy! Do you want to bang heads with me? It's kind of funny, because he wasn't even uh, trying to fight that hard, and he was still beating down well, six he, Japanese he, cops, basically, well, which is amazing. he bit one cop twice. Oh, he bit him. Yeah, he started oh. biting at his arm and shit, and then the guy, like, pinched his neck in a weird way or something. But you got to think, though, man, six cops versus one Australian guy that's twice the size of all these cops yeah. and shit. If this is the States, dude, pop, 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 you know? Or, that guy would have been on the floor. It would have been pepper spray, taser, or something, at least. Although, imagine pepper spraying someone in, in a tiny corner of a Starbucks with all the cops. All the cops would have got the pepper spray in their face. It wouldn't It wouldn't work in Japan. They it's called it a tight. broken arrow. Oh, okay. <laughs> and tasers, they don't use here at all, huh? Um, Except I've the most never, extreme cases, I think. I'm sure they have them. Japanese cops have everything, but yeah. But, I mean, it's really impressive that the cops didn't use any kind of, uh, I guess, force other than just, you know, themselves in numbers. Right. Then again, every cop, I guess to be a cop, you have to have a black belt in judo. Yeah. So that is, you know, They're that is kind of... good at takedowns. If they can get the arm, mm-hmm. I've seen Japanese cops, even the smaller cops are pretty good at uh, Well, if you know, judo, judo being small is to your advantage. Yeah. yeah. You know? I saw, I saw one foreigner get his ass kicked by... Um, I don't know, some kind of a guy with funky hair and a business suit in Shibuya many years ago. It's like this tall guy. I think he went to a, a hostess bar and he didn't pay or something. He, it was like kind of in that, that dirty area. We used to call it Blowjob Alley back in the day. Now it's called something. Now it doesn't even have a name because there's, there's, there's a Taco Bell there. There's a couple of really nice uh, sushi restaurants. But back in the day, there's a couple of nightclubs and it was all just like sketchy sex shit and blowjob bars, uh-huh. right? And there's like this tall foreign guy. He was like really tall. He was like Dutch tall, right? He had long fucking squiggly blonde hair and stuff and he was really skinny. He's wearing a white business shirt and then black pants and he had a blue tie. Obviously an English teacher. But he's coming down that way, and I guess maybe he was in a shop and he did something, he didn't pay or something, but he he was walking down the street, and I I was DJing back then, that's how long ago it was, so I was walking up to go do a gig, and I saw the guy, because back then there wasn't that many foreigners, right? And all of a sudden this Japanese guy's like, oi, oi, and then he turns around and he's like, fuck off, blah, 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 and he starts yelling all this shit to the Japanese dude, and the Japanese dude was half his size, and this guy was wearing a suit, he was tough. Right? If you know what I mean. And anyway, this guy goes to push him away or whatever, this tall guy, because I think he thought because the guy was small, he could just push him all the way. The guy, the Japanese dude, grabbed his arm, twisted his arm, flipped this guy over him. This tall guy was like maybe six foot, almost seven feet tall. He could have been a basketball player easily. 
flipped him over where he hit the concrete where you heard it. You heard the fucking impact. And that happened right in front of the Ichimoto Q, the 109 building in Shibuya. And I was just like, holy shit. And then the guy, the, the white dude, flipped over and then he did like this bow, like this like, I'm sorry bow, and he just stayed there like that. And the Japanese dude was just yelling at him, like, you know, his tongue was trolling and shit. And I saw that and I got all my records. I'm like, holy shit, I hope he doesn't think that I know this guy. We're not related. We're not related. I'm walking up to do my DJ gig. Went up there, fucking went to the bar, had a beer, and I told everybody, I'm like, you'll never believe what I saw. That was pretty insane. I've actually never seen that, but, I, you know, with YouTube, you can catch it from other people filming it nowadays. Oh, yeah, this is before YouTube. I guess what was weird about that bar fight was also the first time I saw someone uh, being really beaten up here and the hit over the head with a wine bottle, which a is pretty, bottle. pretty extreme. You know, that's like you could kind of kill, really injure someone that way. Yeah, it's like uh, a murder weapon. Yeah, <laughs> and after the little, after their, like, fight, they kind of left immediately just in case someone called the police, but before they left... Dude pulled out a stack of Ichimanyan bills, meaning $100 bills, from his pocket and just threw them into the air in the club right in the middle of the dance floor. And, and you jammed. jumped at it. <laughs> no, I didn't know. I didn't know until later. But there were some American girls there, and they picked, <laughs> they picked it all. It was supposed to be like sorry money to the bar, uh-huh. and they just casually threw it on the floor and, and ran away. But um, the American girls, the American like, girls are like America, are just hookers. free money, like just hundred, <laughs> a bunch of hundred dollar bills at your at your uh-huh. feet. Um, and I actually apologized to those girls after. I was like, I'm sorry, guys, that you had to experience that in Tokyo. You know, I've never really seen that before. It's always so peaceful here. They're like, that newer generation, oh, no, that shit was lit. I want to see that again. I want to come here next week. <laughs> I was like, no way. They want us. They want to see a fight. Uh, this just, shit changes. Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody kind of wants to see a fight. That's yeah, why MMA is so popular fight. now, right? I prefer to see it on YouTube somehow than in real life, you know? Well, in real yeah, life nice. and shit in the moment and stuff, you could be a part of it. You know, somebody <laughs> picks up a fucking wine bottle and shit and throws it and it falls out of their hand somehow. That could land right in your face, dude. Bye-bye teeth. Hello braces forever. Or dentures or anything. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, I've always been able to avoid any kind of trouble here. You know, it's usually real placid, peaceful. Well, you are in the countryside. Yeah, I'm in more in the countryside there. What do you, what do you, do you really like the countryside? I mean, you come to Tokyo quite often and stuff, but I mean, I what guess, are the pros and cons of living out ooh, there? For me, I've always lived in the yeah. city. You've you always know? been in the city, and I do love Tokyo City. It's such a city city. It's the city of cities. Uh, I guess the good thing about the countryside is it's not that far away, 30 minutes on the train, and it's amongst the mountains, you know? This Takao-san is up there, that, that big mountain, that Keio mm-hmm. is always mm-hmm. advertising on their line, like, come to the mountain, it has those beautiful pictures of the mountain and stuff. So I guess it's really nice to be surrounded by Japanese nature. It's very beautiful. Like, there's a very big Shinto shrine close to my house, which is right into a bamboo forest. It's kind of that, you know, tourist uh, a vision of, of Japan, which you can't quite get in central Tokyo. You're not going to find large bamboo forests because... The... What about your Yogi Park? Well, Yogi Park is actually <laughs> is huge and does have a little bamboo. And no, Yogi Park kind of sucks. It's a nice park to go to, just like drink beers and see weird shit. I don't yeah. know. It's not as beautiful as you might imagine. Yeah. I don't know. For, I mean, there's tons of parks in uh, Tokyo. I mean, if you want to go to like a, a beautiful park, go to Shinjuku Park. And not the one that, that they used to call Rapist Park. Go to like the really nice park that costs like I think 2 or $3. You got to pay to walk oh, into. And you really? 
You can't you can't right. bring any alcohol or anything in there and shit. Yeah, but it's just yeah. <laughs> I've never been there. Where's where was it close to Shinjuku Station? Uh, it's near Shinjuku Station. I think it's towards uh Shinjuku Sanchome. So it's like really well kept and it's like. Kind of oh yeah, it's fenced off. Yeah, it's oh. beautiful. It's absolutely oh. beautiful. Dude, I went there once. There. Awesome. No, it's, it's marvelous. It's a very, very beautiful park. But I mean, if you go to like what uh, Wayno Park or fucking um, Komazawa Park, they're just parks, just full of people that are just doing shit. Komazawa Park is actually pretty awesome. I was there with the misses uh, yesterday, actually. And when we went there, uh, we're just there's we got marathons that are going to happen soon. So there's millions of people running around in this fucking mm. park and shit. This park, it's like the old Olympic Park. Right? Right, and um, it's fucking huge. But we're walking around and shit. You know, we're fucking just drinking beers, enjoying the day and shit, getting faded. And the fucking thing is, we've stumbled upon the skateboard area. Now I remember back in the day they had a couple of skateboard ramps, right? And I would go there with my friend Simon. I mean, ghost. <laughs> Whoops. I, and anyway, we go there and we drink beers. And we just watch the skaters and shit. You know, and the skaters are usually pretty cool. They come out, smoke cigarettes with us and shit, and just drink beer and stuff. And it's just kind of cool to you know watch the skaters, right? Because I mean, everybody used to skateboard back in the day so everybody's got an appreciation for it right so but anyway me and the girl we went there and stuff and fucking a dude there must have been like 200 skaters there they had i think what eight or nine maybe even more eight or nine or i don't know they had a shit ton of fucking half pipes of various sizes that's new that's a newer thing yeah they had this small one for kids so there's all these little kids and shit there's parents Trying to like help their kids, like go, you do the half pipe and shit. Like, and this one little kid that was doing it, she was like fucking three years old. She could bar- barely even stand. And the dad's like holding her and carrying her from one end to the other end. There's so many fucking skaters there. We went there and we we're just like, wow, this park is pretty fucking sweet. So if you come to Tokyo, you want to see some skateboard action, you know, and drink a couple of beers and just enjoy yourself, go there. Right. And this kid's everybody was really friendly. Everybody's all smiley and People shit. Are great at skating here. Like the whole new generation, they're got amazing skateboarders. They're just doing these amazing. It was uh, pretty tricks. phenomenal. Yeah. Some of the the world's best are like Japanese right now. Uh, are you in serious? The, in, the te- in the teenage uh, league, as far as I know. But with that jogging thing you were mentioning, isn't that kind of weird? Like, of course, when I first came to Japan in Kyoto, there was absolutely nobody jogged down the street. Ever it would have been totally bizarre. I hate to joggers. other Japanese people. They get so much in the way, dude. They get in the way. They they they, they run on the spot and all that. But when they we, yell at you and shit if you're fucking walking. If there's like a group of like three people, they're like little ninjas. All of a sudden, they're just right behind you. Dummy, 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 jump on, jump on, jump on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, 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 okay. I'm sorry. Which is kind of unusual for Japanese people. Only usually do that if they're on a bike with the bells. But um, mm-hmm. when was the first time you saw joggers in Tokyo? Because I feel like the first time I saw it was like. 2014 or, or or 15? That's because I'm just coming back and forth. You've been here the whole time. Though. I think a little before that, there's like this... I don't know. There's always been the marathon, you know, like in New Year's Day. Well, no, in New Year's Day, you know, that they have this Uh, marathon where all the university students run around and shit and it's on TV and it's really popular. I don't know why. It's fucking boring as shit. But um, that's always been around. But for some reason, they had this Tokyo Marathon. Maybe it was after the earthquake. So it was probably maybe, you're right, but maybe about 2014, 2013, around there and shit. And... I guess they did it, and it was publicized. Whenever, whenever anything's like publicized, where they have fucking advertisements on the trains, and it was on TV and all that, it was just everywhere. And all of a sudden, it just became like this cool thing. And then next thing you know, once something becomes kind of popular, it becomes extremely popular, and everybody wants to do it. So now everybody's jogging and shit. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was about maybe 2014. You're right. 
Yeah, it's strange because it's the weirdest thing to be in like downtown Tokyo, Omotesando or Harajuku, you know, with all the shoppers and you're waiting to cross the street. And there's a jogger that just seems so bizarre, mm. partly because that part of the street's just full of congestion and uh, car exhaust fumes and stuff. doesn't seem like the best place to jog, like right through central Tokyo sometimes. Yeah. So I'm really, it's still now, even though I've seen a million joggers, I'm still surprised every single time I see one. I'm like, wow, he's jogging down the street or just to see um honestly japanese people running is really unusual like i've never seen even any of my japanese friends running that maybe running for a bus once or twice i thought you were gonna say godzilla from a movie no no no. (laughs) you see people running in that (laughs) well is that racist that's kind of bad i'm sorry Everything's racist these days, I guess. I don't think that that's racist. There's always Japanese people running in Godzilla movies. Yeah, that's true. It's, uh, and Ultraman, too. Tokyo. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, what was kind of not popular, but what I've had um, a couple of friends tell me about was that now they're running from um, they're running from Shibuya to Shibuya. I think it's Shibuya to Shibuya. And it's like where they start, I think, in Shibuya, and then they run along the Yamanote line, oh. which is like 40 kilometers. All, all the way. Yeah. Ooh. So I guess that's a thing right now. I don't know. Huh. So I would never do that. Dude, I don't even run for a fucking train. Dude, this is fucking Tokyo, okay? Trains come every three minutes. Mm -hmm. If you miss your train, boo-hoo, wait fucking two minutes and then the next one comes, dude. There's always going to be a train. You don't have to worry about missing your train and shit unless it's like the last train in the morning and shit. When people run to catch a train or try to get on a train really quick, I'm just like, man... Chill out. That makes Seriously. you think about when you got your first started using your bike or your BMX in, in Tokyo back in the day. And well, it's because you're too crowded. It was so crowded. But you had kind of figured out, I figured out through you, that some of the stations are really close to each other. But oh, yeah. because Japanese people usually take a bike to the train station, park their bike, get on the train. So mm-hmm. even they might have not actually realized the station they're going to is just down the road. And if you'd mm-hmm. walked there or, or took a bike there, you'd be there even faster than that three-minute train Mm -hmm. and that was funny when you first mentioned that like oh i just bike to this next stop it's quicker and you don't have to pay for the train or get on the train Mm -hmm. i was i was surprised at how close some of the locations were to each other where people like oh i'll take the train there yeah sometimes i walk i walk to evis we walked from evis station to here it took us 20 minutes and it seemed quicker than i don't know yeah it seemed well we were going downhill (laughs) yeah we have long legs Oh, that's a that's a funny thing about walking. I don't walking. have long legs. <laughs> okay, a little bit shorter. You're still tall, I think, in Japan. But um, that's kind of a one thing that uh, used to throw me off when I first came here was that the walking distance times are different for, for Japanese folks because they walk uh, a lot slower, I'd say. So I would be at a station and say, oh, you know, s- excuse me, sumimasen, on the street. I had, how far is it to the station, mm-hmm. you know, walking down the street? And they'd say... Just keep on going this direction, 20 minutes walk, you're there. And I'm like, oh, 20 minutes, not so bad. And I'd walk for about 10 minutes and I'd get to a station. And this is uh, in the countryside in Kyoto where everything didn't have English yet or even Romaji. You couldn't even read the station names. I knew it was a train station. I didn't know it was the right station way before iPhones, before useful internet or anything. And I would be like, this got to be the wrong station. I have to keep on walking. I have to walk for 20 minutes to get... No, that was the station. It's yeah. just, I walk so much faster. It was literally twice as fast. So I got to the station in 10 minutes. I'm like, no, Japanese people always tell the truth. They are very helpful. He would never mislead me. Mm-hmm. I have to. So just trusting that Japanese spirit so much, I just kept on walking and then found, of course, there's no train station further down. And I turned around and came or back. Or you went two stations station. past, right? Yeah, just like, oh, <laughs> Osaka, man. Osaka, oh, man, how long have I been walking? And I think...
think it's even to this day, um, it's you can Google this. Like if you go to Google Maps JP, if you can get in there on your browser somehow, I know it's possible. And then type in, um, you know, you're doing your Google Maps, like from here to here, how long does it take to walk? And in the States, it would say for a certain distance. You can just measure it on Google Maps because it has the little uh, legend. Mm-hmm. And it would, in the States, it will say it takes 10 minutes to walk here. If you click on the little man and then you got the car. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You can choose. So if you click on that same one in Google JP, it just adds more time. It does? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Google Japan will say that takes 15 minutes to walk for you if you're Japanese. And, you know, if you're foreign, well, it will take 10 minutes. Well, maybe they're just enjoying the environment. They're like, oh, look at that. It's no, a bird on walk, a tree. They just okay. walk way slower. And it's reflected in, in the <laughs> oh, Google man. research results. It's just, it's just an actual fact that people walk a lot slower here. Well, that is kind of true. When I lived in San Francisco, people walked everywhere. Yeah. For example, when I was downtown, so, dude, when I was working at uh, Amoeba and I lived downtown, I, at work and shit, fucking the, the bus system in San Francisco is so oh, fucked up. Very, Taking the 7, yeah. I'd wait for fucking 30 or 40 minutes just to get on the fucking bus. That'd take me 20 minutes to get me downtown. Or I could walk and beat the bus, you yeah, know? Yeah. So I was like, fuck this. So I started walking. And yeah, I went through some sketchy neighborhoods and shit. But I had fucking, you know, I had a hoodie on. I had my fucking headphones on and shit. And I just moved, you know? And I just got home, you know? And I probably did beat the bus most of the time and shit, you know? But here, fuck that dude. A bus is every two minutes. Yeah, I so think the, the, um, the reliability of the transportation system makes people also a bit more relaxed and walk a bit slower because you don't have to rush to the train because they will be there on time. Mm-hmm. So you can actually kind of kind of take your time a little bit on the way to work in the morning, which is amazing for a big, busy city like Tokyo that people seem to be sauntering to work uh, in the morning and not New York rushing and London rushing. They're like, well, I'll be there. Uh, people do rush, but... <laughs> and hardly anyone walks on escalators. They just stand on them. I always walk on escalators so I'm actually trying to get somewhere. But um, it's the ultimate home of chilling on the escalator on the left-hand side. Unless you're in Osaka, then they chill on the right-hand side. Oh, really? They're, they're it's different backwards. Ways. Isn't that weird? Whoa. When I went to Osaka... I thought it was based on, like, kind of driving left and right thing, no? I thought the same thing. No. It's regional. When I, when I went to Osaka with my wife, it's the first time I noticed it. But, um, yeah, I got on, and I, I was standing... And then all of a sudden, I noticed that I was the only person on the left-hand side that was fucking just standing there, and people were walking up behind me, and I was like, oh, shit, I got to move. Yeah, so if you're in Osaka, people wait on the right-hand side, and in Japan, people wait on the left-hand side of the escalator. That's strange. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It's a different world over there. I thought it was for sure the same in all the towns, but culture varies very greatly throughout Japanese cities anyway, so sides... Standing sides should too, I guess. I think there's more Osaka pride, you know, because in Osaka, people are like, yo, this is Osaka. This is how we roll here. So people have a lot of pride for, you know, just living in Osaka and just doing the things that they do. Even their vocabulary, saying no shit in Japanese in Japan or in Tokyo is majide. Majide or Hantani is a little bit more formal. They just say majide. Younger people say maji or majika. But if you go to Osaka, they say homani. Homani. And it means no shit. So it's like hontoni, but homoni. Yeah, homoni. <laughs> or they say like, homoni onakasita, which means I'm really fucking hungry. No shit. <laughs> dude, I love speaking Japanese, man. It's fucking the best shit, dude. Because fucking, if you want to sound tough, you just roll. Hontoni onakasita. You sound tough. But if you want to be polite, you're like, hontoni onakasita. <laughs> <laughs> right. Same thing, but different uh, vibes. Do you think the Osaka people have more pride because a lot more people from Osaka are like 
who live in Osaka are from there, whereas That's Tokyo is like from all over. So it's hard to have a definition like Tokyo cuisine. And it's a little bit vague sometimes what the Tokyo uh, vibe is. That's true. That's true. I, I think that's a really good point. I think um, now I've never lived in Osaka, so I can't really say for sure. But I think that's definitely part of it. People that mm. are from Osaka are from Osaka. So there's a lot of pride that, hey, I'm from here. This is my place. My neighbor's from here. Uh, I, my, my grandparents knew my neighbor's grandparents or some shit. You know, it's like this uh, heritage thing. But yeah, in this building, I don't think anybody that lives in this building is from Tokyo. Right. Right, you know? exactly. I mean, shit, dude. Uh, this is like the, the winter season right now, so a lot of people aren't working and shit. A lot of the people in this building are younger, too. They're all artists and stuff or weirdos. And fucking, I think most of them are gone. We can make as much noise as we want in this motherfucker, and I think it's fine. I mean, the oh. landlord's downstairs, but that's about it, you know? Huh. But yeah, it's it's different, you know? It's really different. That When you talk to people in Tokyo, you can actually, part of your conversation when you meet them for the first time is, where are you from, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, oh, well, I'm from Japan. Okay, great. Which part of Japan? Oh, I'm from Takamatsu. I'm from Niigata. I'm from Hokkaido. I'm from Nara, you know? So very few people, not very few. I mean, that, there's like fucking 13 million people here. There's a lot of people who are from Tokyo, but a lot of people aren't from Tokyo. Case yeah, I always, in point. I always wonder what the percentage is, like what percentage of people who are in Tokyo now were born in Kanpo or Tokyo at least. It must, it's maybe one third. I don't know. I just kind of a guess from talking to a lot of different people. You want to hear something interesting? A lot of people, once they get married and they have kids, then they move out of Tokyo and right. they move to Chiba, Saitama, and Kanagawa because having a kid in Tokyo is absolutely ridiculous. It's so fucking expensive. Mm-hmm. Fucking, there's no such thing as babysitters. You need daycare. Sit- oh. and getting a daycare, if you have a kid right now, to get your kid into daycare, you got to make a, you should have made a reservation like two years ago. Because they're uh, fully booked so for years and years and years. Pregnant, it's like, you better get on that, like even before the child is born. You yeah. You want to get on that, organizing that. There's no babysitters here in what way? In the traditional sense? Having babysitters is not a popular or a common thing in Tokyo. I, I've never heard of anybody saying, fuck, I should Google this before I fucking start talking about this kind of shit. But I've never heard of anybody say anything about babysitters in Tokyo. Like, it's more like toddler ages and stuff like that, huh? B-A-B-Y-S-I-T-T-E-R-S-I-N-T-O-K-Y-O. All right. Find someone to babysit. Oh, this is two babysitism. Your it's kids like an in Airbnb Tokyo. For babysitting, I guess yeah. so, yeah. It's new things. Tokyo Kinder Care, T I K, your child's future today. Babysitter Tokyo. So it looks hiring. Like maybe a no, couple I guess people there is. saw a gap in the market that you noticed before and now they've made businesses to oh. fill that gap in the market. Check this huh? one out. English speaking babysitters in Tokyo, Yokohama Kyo. So you can get an English speaking huh. babysitter to take care of your kids. So if you got a kid that doesn't speak Japanese, you know. <laughs> you know, there you go. Because imagine, think about this though. If your kids are Western and they speak English, and your babysitter's Japanese, yeah. and th- they're saying like, they're like saying like, dame, dame, dame. Kid doesn't know what you're fucking saying and shit. So you oh. got to get a kid, a babysitter can speak the language. Also, that's good for so that's a why lot of uh, Southeast Asians who speak good English, like people from uh, Philippines and so on. Yeah, that's they true. They could advertise their services uh, because they speak like really fluent English usually. Kyoto, babe, Japan. Oh, I guess there is a lot of babysitters. I just never well, really heard is, of it. I think it is now. But the thing, when you first found out about it, there probably weren't that many. Mm. But then people were sitting around thinking, hey, you know what? There's hardly any babysitters here. Let me start my Airbnb baby.com, you know? Like, um, that's, what like I, that's what you should do. Be an official Tokyo babysitter. Tokyo Hotel Babysitting. Hotel Babysitting? What the fuck is that? 
Really? Hotel babysitting? Find someone to babysit your kids. Oh, no. I guess it's just a oh, same Kid-friendly hotels. Oh, you can go out throughout the day and go around the city and leave your kids at the hotel and they get babysat for you? That's kind of amazing. I don't even know of a, uh, a Western place like that. You know, that's actually really good for uh, Europeans. A, a lot really of Europeans, they when they travel... come here with their babies. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about that for a minute. Is no, my friend wants to come here... come here with their brand new newborns. Yeah. From Brooklyn. What the fuck are you doing? No, Seriously, no, I, I don't... can't even really... Okay, in a way, that's cool, but in another way... That's not cool. You shouldn't do that. No, it's, no, it's more of know. a European thing because Europeans, Europeans huh? can... No, Europeans... Because my friend, my friend Basti wants to come here with his kid. His kid's an infant. Huh. And I was like, I was like, dude, that's, that's kind of tough, you know, because he wants to stay in my place, you know, which, which is totally cool, you know. But the thing is, like, I mean, his kid is like, what, one years old or one and a half and shit? Hmm. And I, I was talking to him about the flight. I'm like, dude, you know, maybe... And I'm trying to convince him not to come with the kid. I'm like, maybe you shouldn't come. Maybe the kids can stay with their parents. He's like, no, no, no. In Europe and shit, kids fly for free. If they're under like a certain age, oh. so that's why a lot of Europeans come here with their kids because oh. their kids fly for free. You know, I, I could be mistaken, but that's what he said to me. Maybe it's a German thing. I'm not sure. You know, I think it's a double thing too because not only the um, the Amer- free flights, mm-hmm. but it's also um, the maternity leave you get in Europe is amazing. Like six months, eight months, a year. Yeah, I guess it did. So you're getting paid from work. And it, it even works for men, too, which mm-hmm. is bizarre because it, it doesn't even work for women in the States. But, you know, you get your maternity leave, but you're getting paid from work. Mm-hmm. Now you've got a year free. You've mm-hmm. always wanted to go to Japan. Perfect time to come. Maybe that's why you see so many people with strollers from Europe and just white people with their babies. Yeah. It's so bizarre. So they never speak English. You yeah, know, whenever I, I see them and shit, it's like, you know, I mean, whenever I see a foreign person, my radar kind of goes off. I'm like, oh, where are they from? And then I hear a different language. I'm like, oh, okay, they're French or they're German or they're Spanish or whatever. When I first saw all these uh, white people pushing strollers, I thought, oh, they live here. Of course, they've mm-hmm. lived here for a while and they've had... A baby with someone who's not Japanese, which I'd say is they were fairly, an embassy or unusual. some international company right. or something. Yeah, I thought they'd been living here for five, ten years, but no, because they're speaking their own language, European language, and you can see their airport stuff, like airport tags. Like mm-hmm. they're obviously just came from Narita. So that is that is amazing, though, because some of the parts of Tokyo, it's a fairly clean city, but it is lots. Some areas are really congested with. Um, exhaust fumes and stuff and i but just, just trains for europeans most european cities aren't that you know dirty you know like air mm-hmm. air quality wise so I, i'm surprised to see like rich germans or austrians with their newborn baby in shinjuku walking <laughs> through kabukicho <laughs> it's strange it is just really weird i don't know that part is strange it really yeah. is I don't know. I, I feel bad for the other people on the airplanes, you know? Oh, with the crying. Yeah, you know, I mean, because you know, you're just sitting there, you know, you're either going on a vacation or a business trip or whatever and stuff. You got some kid that's crying. You're like, why did you bring this kid in this 14-hour yeah. flight? Oh, my God. You know, sedate su- the kid. Sedate right. the kid. <laughs> I think it's, it's it's definitely super annoying, but we're going to get to that day where that's us, right? We'll be on that plane with that baby, and then everyone's going to be looking at us like, white people with babies bring him to Japan how oh, dare you God. Annoying. and we're gonna be like sorry guys I've tried to avoid it forever but <laughs> nah, I gotta do it well see I know of a really good invention that's been around for quite a while and it's called duct tape it works <laughs> through it works on people we've seen it in the movies I'm sure it works on children too I've never pacifier. tried it <laughs> I thought you were gonna say pacifier oh pacifier oh come on we're not medieval here <laughs> we the real thing Yes, yes, yes. If you're going to do something, you got to do it right. Come on. Mitsuya Liquors. Yo, what's up, faders? If you're in Asia, if you're in Japan, 
you're in Tokyo, if you're in Asagaya, you better get down to Mitsuya Liquors. That's right, for the most affordable prices in Japan, you can get over 300 different kinds of beer. That's right, over 300 different kinds of beer. And of course, they got all the shochu you need, all the sake you need, and of course, they got wine from California to Italy to France to New Zealand. They got it all. When I say they got it all, they really, seriously, got it all. There's no joke about that. So get down to Mitsuya Liquors. And if you go in there and you say, got fit of Japan, you will be more than welcome to go into their back room and drink those beers that you just purchased. That's right, got fit of Japan at Mitsuya Liquors. And three times a week, they have a sushi chef there. So get your sushi on, get your drink on, get your fade on, and come on down to Mitsuya Liquors, located comfortably in Asagaya, about five-minute walk from the station. Mitsuya Liquors. Yo, what's up, Faders? Got Faded Japan has got a new sponsor. Our new sponsor is Gamuso Bar, located in Asagaya, Tokyo. If you're kicking it in Tokyo and you want to get your groove on, get your fade on, you better get your ass down to Gamuso. Gamuso is located in Asagaya. It's about 11 minutes from Shinjuku Station on the Chuo Line. Gamuso has weekly bands, weekly performances. And hell, if you got your own event and you want to hold it at Gamuso, we'd love to host you. So contact Gamuso at www.gamuso.com. That's www.gamuso.com. That's right. Gamuso has not only beers in the bottle, but beers on tap. We've got every drink you want, so come on down to Gamuso. Gamuso, and if I'm working, tip me. All right. Well, on that note, Faders, thank you very much for tuning into this episode of Got Faded Japan. Sean, thank you very much for being here. You're welcome, man. It was great being here. Yeah, I guess it's not going to be the last time since you're pretty much moving here, huh? Yeah, yeah. Got to do it next year. Cafe style. Open up a cafe. We didn't even talk about that. I guess we're yeah. going to have to talk about that next time. Yeah, we got a whole episode on that, I guess. Because we could talk about Japanese milk. That's not too controversial to talk about Japanese we milk. We can talk about Japanese milk. Mother's we'll milk is great. Mi- we'll have a milky episode then. Because I actually could talk about Japanese milk for like an hour. Okay, awesome. All right. <laughs> we'll do that. All right. Thank you very much for tuning in, Faders. Thank you very much to everybody that supported us on Patreon. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to everybody out there listening. And I swear to God, next time we do this podcast, I am going to be faded. I'm going to drink a six-pack of beer before we do the show, and I'll drink a six-pack of beer with you. And that's just how we're going to roll. Faders, see you next time. Peace. My own brother, a goddamn shit sucking vampire. Oh, you wait till mom finds out, buddy. I've got a government job to abuse and a lonely wife to fuck. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Huh? God, the pressure! I can't take it! I can't take it! I can't stand to it! <laughs> you sure I should do man? We're going freaky! We came, we saw, we kicked his ass! Your move, creep. Oh, man, I will never forgive your ass for this shit. This is some fucked up repugnant shit. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold.